This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. All right, we are officially down to the number five episode in the Producer Evan Top 10 Episodes of 2023. We've given you John Gibbons talking about baseball brawls right after that Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez brawl. He has so much insight. Obviously, he talks about the behind the scenes of the Jose Batista Rugnet George brawl, and that was crazy. Then we have the MVP player-wise of our podcast this year, Kenley Jansen, talking about the Red Sox season, talking about missing the playoffs for the first time in a while. Then we had Big Poppy at number eight, talking about Mookie Betts. We got so much publicity for that. It definitely helped the podcast, not to mention that the interview was absolutely great. We have Jerry Depoto talking about the trade deadline, given behind the scenes, given you know what he does in order to, to earn the moniker of Trader Jerry. Then we got number six, we got Zach Scott talking about trades, talking about his time as Mets GM, talking about analytics, talking about Brian Cashman, talking about his time as the Red Sox guru, the analytics guru. And now at number five, we have the man of the hour, the BIB manager of the year, the guy who led D-backs to the World Series. Nobody thought that was going to happen prior to the playoffs, prior to the season, prior to really anything. Prior to it happening, nobody thought it was going to happen. But he managed to do it. Here is Tori Lovello's secrets to getting a team to believe they can actually win. This was really the launching off point for Tori Lovello. In this episode, he talks about how, you know, you need to get a team to believe. You know, he talks about how the veteran presence is is really important. That's why they brought in Evan Longoria. That's why they brought in these other guys to really give these rookies, you know, some lessons on playing in the major leagues and really help them play in the major leagues. And here he talks about why, even though they didn't do much last offseason, and even though their payroll's low, they can still win, which obviously they did. So here's Tori Lovello, the number five top podcast of this year, according to my list. All right, one of the finest minds in baseball, Tori Lovello. Um, so, Tori, I have cited something you said on the last time you were on the Baseball is Boring podcast many a time. 
So I asked you what your speech was going to be the first. Do you remember this? Yeah, of course. And, and I said, was it going to be the Rudy on the stool speech? <laughs> and I said, I don't know if I'm going to give the Rudy on the stool speech. But you gave a pretty good speech. And I always remember what you ended up with. Something along the lines of, let them buy their teams, right? <laughs> but in all sincerity, like, this is, that was the hurdle that you had to get over of, as I, I just heard you say yesterday, as we're taping this, that you had to tell them, don't worry about the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, what, how much money they're spending, whatever. Worry about ourselves, because we're good enough. I'm giving you a speech about it. We're good enough. <laughs> All right, but you, you know what I'm saying, like, right, but yeah. so you had to turn that corner, and, and I don't know if it was, if your speech was good. Was, did you have a good speech, by the way? I feel like my content's pretty good. I, I think over the years it's changed. Um, it's all, I'm always adaptable to the team and the group that we have, and what is the message you need to be, and I always feel like I deliver the right, the right message, and it's not a new rock me, you know, hit them high, hit them low, we're gonna, we're just gonna power through you. I think we have a really good young baseball team, and I cater the message to what I think they need at that moment. So when you walked out of it that day, you yeah. like, I nailed it. <laughs> First of all, you got an unbelievable memory. Your recall, God. I think the fact that you pay that close attention to me makes me feel good because when you, 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 your recall is awesome, and it brings me back to those times and that, 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 that space that I was in, in, you know, five, six years ago versus two or three years ago. I feel like I've grown and kind of changed my thought process, and um, I've adapted too. And I think that's one of the big things in this culture here is adaptability, is being able to get what you have in front of you, take take notice as to what you need to figure out. Um, on that given day to help your team win a baseball game. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And yeah, you're, you just brought up a good point. Yesterday I made a mention to you that I want us to believe we're gonna do things. And you can you can talk about believing and saying we believe, and but if it's empty and there's nothing behind it, uh, it has no value. So we give value to believing the good things are on the way. And I know you probably want to get into that and talk about that. Yeah. But I'll let you guide the questions from this point forward. But we really believe. We're, we're, we're mind melting, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Just we're, like old times. We're really, yeah, I think we're sympathetic. Yeah, I think we're right there. I think we legitimately believe that things are happening in a very good, very good way here day by day. So what, how does that happen? Like, so you can say it. You can yeah. give a good speech. Um, it can be something as simple as everybody's a year older and you're more experienced or you can add pieces or like how does it happen because as we sit here it has happened I mean this is I, I don't know what's going to happen from here but results are the results and as we hit game 51 or whatever it is it has happened so what maybe what, how did it happen so far yeah um, well first I can tell you the reason why I think it's happening I sit in the dugout now and I hear the comments, I see the way this team strategizes, comes together in a moment of crisis. Um, we focus on us, we focus on what's happening here. Rather than in years past when we've been a little bit young and naive, we were worried about what was happening across the table from us. And now we focus on us and take care of our business. And that tells me that we have matured in a way that we know what we're capable of doing. So 
What leads me to that is some of the standards that we've talked about here. We have set a high standard. We've talked about some of the morals and values, and we've defined those things and those words. And everybody has kind of fit in and bought in to this culture that we are creating. It's built on love, trust, commitment, and effort. It's about being adaptable. It's about preparing. Um, it's about communicating. It's about just overall having a, a, a great day today and not worrying about tomorrow. And I think that's helped our belief. We, we've defined the word believe. We've defined the word love, trust, commitment, and effort. And I think the guys are buying in and they've seen how, how strong and powerful it can be when we're all acting the same on a day-by-day -day basis about what we can accomplish. There's a lot of managers who have gone, are going through the same thing and probably this year more have had success doing it, of sort of turning that corner. Again, I don't know if it's going to last, who knows? Yeah. But I don't know if you if this is like you've talked to other managers. Like one that comes to mind is the guy that you had as a player, David Ross, right? David Ross, like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying, they had trying to turn over the roster and they felt like they had a good finish the last year. Now this go. Um, there's other examples. I don't know if you've talked to other managers about this or not. Of course I have. Yeah. I think what we all do is we kind of share our game notes, right? We we <laughs> we see what's going on across the hallway, right? And you're like, hey, you got a few minutes to talk about something. And I think if you're fearless, um, and I, I think if I'm trying to set the tone for being adaptable and being on an information search and being prepared, if I can do it, I expect the players to do it. If I can't do it, how can I expect the players to do it? So, yeah, I ask a lot of questions every single day. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of trusted um, uh, uh, colleagues such as David Ross that I'll ask, call up and ask questions of and you know, how are you doing and what is, what's working, what's not working, where are you guys at and, uh, and we share information, it's a copycat league but you trust people and the ones that you trust you gain information and you just keep moving forward. So the, um, when, you, when you look at this year how it has unfolded one of the biggest things is I had hit my case on yeah on the podcast. He was excellent, much like yourself. <laughs> um, and besides saying that ketchup flavored potato chips are disgusting, <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on that? We usually ask GMs that. Okay, the ketchup flavored potato chips is a big thing across the border. Yeah, so this is this is how this came up. Yeah. Alex Anthopoulos was on the podcast, yeah, and I had the gall to say they were disgusting, Ooh. and I'm, he came out of his skin. He was like, "Cause he's Canadian, yeah, you know, you yeah. know Alex," and uh, and I'm like, and so now every GM we have on, we ask this question, and so far, other than Derek Falvey, who said he had him on school lunch bizarrely in Lynn, you know. They're disgusting. Your thoughts? Uh, it's a different taste. Um, first of all, the ketchup tastes <laughs> different there. The Orioles are different there. I coached in Toronto for a couple of years. Great years. Um, I am not. I can see that there are those that love them. I am not in that category this is, of loving them. This is such a toilet belt. I like you personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like you personally, but I don't know if I'd spend the night at your house. That type of thing. Okay, so I kind of like it, but I don't love it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Mike Hazen was talking about bringing in veterans like Longoria. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said was like, is that the importance of leadership like that because as great a communicator as you are, as great a communicator as your coaches are and everything else, you know that just some messages just hit coming from a player. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, if you can, about how that 
dynamic has been this year. Yeah, I've always felt that a coach could say something um, a hundred times, but if a player tells him once, that it's going to resonate a little bit better when it's player to player. Um, so I give I give authority to those types of players that want to share and have had an experience or two that would lead somebody such as a young player down the right road instead of the wrong road. I'm a firm believer in you know making mistakes to figure it out, but let's limit that mistake to once and just figure it out a little bit quicker. Um, the coaches, I say, if you've told them 100 times, you tell them 101. And I kind of take the same point of view with a player that has a little bit of that experience, that is not afraid to be a little bit on the vocal side, such as Evan Longoria. I give him the full authority to be a teacher and to be a communicator. And I've also instructed all the players to ask why. Like if you don't understand what Evan Longoria or a coach is telling you, ask why. When I played, you were just told to do it and couldn't ask why. And I felt I was left feeling uncomfortable. So players are encouraged here in this culture to ask why. And a coach or a player that's defining something better be prepared to answer the why. And we do that a lot here. So I think Evan Longoria has been a godsend to this team. I saw those conversations early in spring training in our hitting lab. I saw it on field six, taking ground balls, that he would just be fearless with his ability to answer the why. Do you feel, as we sit here right now, that you are as prepared as you more as prepared as you thought you would hope to be um, to make a run at this thing on whatever this is, the end of May? Yeah. Did, like so, with spring, you break spring training. We hope this is going to happen. We hope this yeah. mindset. And now we've landed here. You have a good record. You know, you've established yourself in, in different positions. Is this is it where you want to be, or where you thought you would be? Yeah, we're we're, we're in a great spot. Um, you know. Everybody, um, my friends included, my families, my, my, my colleagues in this industry, were kind of feeling sorry for us last year. You know, you're in the same division as the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants. The Rockies could be upstart too. And I, 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 kept, I kept pushing back on them and saying like, what better division could we be in to, live, to learn quickly, um, to find a way to get through this and get on the other side. And when I saw the schedule pop up this season that we were going to open up with the Dodgers and play them eight times in the first 14, 16 games, I thought, perfect. I took it as a great challenge, and it was going to ready us for what we thought would be a very rugged, but a, a, a probably defining April for a young team. And we passed that test. And I, I, I referenced it all the time. Let's embrace it to the team. Let's go out and prove ourselves every single day. So I love where we're at. A little bit concerned, obviously, early on that we could fall on our face. But I felt like we would, we would gather momentum as the year went on. The All-Star break, we'd be close to 500, pushing towards um, the next level and you know, hopefully pushing towards making some good decisions and, and winning baseball games that would help us maybe towards a playoff push. We're doing a little bit sooner than I thought, but I knew internally we had a good baseball team. The group inside of that clubhouse felt like they were a good baseball team. We just had to earn it and prove it. See, that's the, that's the hit them high, hit them low speech right there. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I backdoored you. Like I basically reverse engineered that answer. It was good. You did reverse math on me. I appreciate that. It was beautiful. I, I think that's kind of Jedi mind um, yeah, yeah, yeah. creativity. Yes. Right? Yeah. But I, to be honest, we, yeah, I think I think it's real. I think you have to look at some real moments about things that will define 
define who you are as a baseball team, and, and you can't run away from them. You've got to embrace them. We embrace our challenge of the $200 million payroll of the LA Dodgers. We love that. We just got to be better and win the margins. When we win the margins and do what we're supposed to do, we're going to win games. And of course we're young. We're going to dribble a ball off our foot, and it's going to fumble out of bounds. And we're going to look like idiots. And I'm going to make decisions that are going to make everything go backwards. But at the end of the day, we're pushing forward, and we're, we're, we're trying to have that mindset. And we take an inch, uh, a foot, uh, a step backwards, we're going to take two forward tomorrow. So that's where we live. That's the space we live in. All right. Well, you've been very generous with your time. I'm going to get in, in uh, the reward is that you get to ask me any question. Yeah. So you're a very, uh, very good inquisitor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you have run your last Boston Marathon? No. I have one more in me. And you're going to judge that by how your body feels or the I have a daughter who is a, who is a runner and I want to do it with her. Yeah. Very sappy. Like everyone's yeah. bringing tears to people's eyes right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, the time commitment is tough. Doing a podcast and training for the marathon is not conducive. It's, it's a lot of time. Okay. A lot of time. A lot of time. And when you are standing on the starting line in Framingham? Hopkinton. Hopkinton. Okay. Are you... Or even better if Framingham, like, go ahead. You run through Framingham? You run through Framingham. At Beacon Hill, Heartbreak Hill, are you thinking about setting a PR each record, each year, or just getting through Surviving. It? Surviving. Uh, so let me tell you a little story. Yeah. Not the story that you think. <laughs> not the story of Tori Lavello standing three feet from me yelling at me and me not acknowledging him. I did the marathon in 2005 with Will Farrell's life coach. Okay. Uh, Wait, let me get that name dropped there. You dropped that yeah, big name. Jim Carrey's life coach, too. Oh, oh sorry. Will, yeah, Will, okay. Farrell, Will Farrell had run it the year before, so he trained me. So I, it was in peak physical condition. Yeah. I mean, even better than now, if that's possible. You look fantastic. And so I learned about heart rate. I did the CO2 max test in Pepperdine. I was in it. Like four hours, that was my goal. I was locked in. I was running. The only other person I was training with was Jeff Bezos' girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez. Oh, whoops. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I think I can get one more in there. And she was married at the time to Hollywood super agent Patrick Whitesell. We were red. (laughs) Anyway, goal was four hours, which is crazy to think about now. That was the only time where I'm like, I got to get the time, I got to get the time. And you know what I finished in? Four hours and three seconds. Oh. Right. But it's a life lesson. Don't, yeah, aim way higher than you need to. No, 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 no. If you do things a little bit better, you can make up those three seconds. Woo! You should write a book called Three Seconds. Yeah, I was actually going to do that. You should do that. Okay. I guess my final question is, is it a Diet Coke at the finish line? Every single well, time? And why do you crave a Diet Coke? No, it's regular Coke. Regular Coke. Because the sugar and carbonation is is like, I, I don't want to give a good analogy to it. It's there's nothing that there's nothing. It's like if you go and exercise, you exercise. Yeah, you right? run water afterwards. Yeah, but if you if but if you really, really exercise, like you can like oh my goodness, the 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 carbs and everything seeping back into your body. Yeah. You're looking at me like you have no Oof, okay. So a regular Coke and are you thinking about it around Boston College? Or are you yeah, thinking so about it? In- I was taking the, you know, the the goo things, the, um, yeah. those things? I took 16 of those one race. Whoa. That's too many. <laughs> and 
I saw a half drunk Coca-Cola on a table and I grabbed it. <laughs> It's a bad mindset, man. You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. (laughs) I will say that. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.